verse 8, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, everybody said grace, grace. that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness, everybody said boldness, and access with confidence, somebody said confidence, boldness and confidence by the faith of him. And the apostle said unto me, verse 8, who am less than the least of all saints. And I would just like to minister, I really have felt this for several weeks, and uh, since pastor said that he wanted me to come and I've preached this in other places but I feel it here tonight and I want to talk about boldness and confidence when you feel like the least boldness and confidence when you feel like the least let's pray and ask for God's anointing tonight Lord we give you thanks for the word of God we give you praise. We give you thanks tonight. I'm asking that you would let the word of God speak to every heart. Let it find its mark in every heart here tonight. Let everything be said to edify and to build up. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. And I miss someone very special. That would be Sister Elder. It's good to see you here tonight, Sister Elder. God bless you. We love and appreciate her so very much. And it's good to be here with you tonight. Good to see you, Sister Elder. God bless you. <clears throat> when we talk about confidence and we talk about boldness, oftentimes we find ourselves lacking because we know ourselves better than anybody else. And uh, we've got to deal with it the right way. It's more than a uh, pull yourself up by the bootstraps boat, a book. Uh, I'm not here tonight to have a that kind of a motivational speech or something along that line. But in the verses that we read today, we've got a bit of conflicting thoughts that don't seem to go together. And sometimes we get them confused and we don't really look at things the right way. But verse 8 there, and I want to try to dissect these scriptures that I read tonight. And uh, I'm probably not going to be jumping up and down and running around and all that. So if you want to help me out, you can do that, praise the Lord, especially all these young men that are up here tonight. You've got the energy and the willpower, praise God. 
And he said, Who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given? And so the calling of Paul's life was so much bigger than his confidence level. He had to find the right place of confidence in his life. And when we look at the calling of God upon his life, the Apostle Paul was called to preach the word of God. And it was something that he had not done before. And it was a tremendous responsibility that was laid upon his shoulders. Now, if you don't know it tonight, the Apostle Paul was the man that wrote most of the New Testament uh, that you have in your Bible. And uh, he was called to preach with this tremendous responsibility. And I've noticed over the years that some people want to preach and some people run from the call to preach. But there are those that just feel like Paul, I'm less than the least of the saints. Amen. And that's the kind of preacher, that's the kind of saint that is going to make it all the way. Praise God. That's the kind that's going to touch God and understand this great relationship with God. He was called to preach and had this tremendous responsibility. I remember when I had the call to preach on my life, I was probably 21 or 22 years ago. That was a couple of decades ago. And uh, I felt the awesome responsibility that was laid upon my shoulders. And especially when my pastor said, uh, I feel that you're called as well. That really helped me an awful lot. That, that helped my self-esteem, if I could say it that way. And uh, I looked at my life. I looked at the things that I had done in my life. And I uh, hadn't lived for God very long. I, I'd only been in the church probably four years. And it was uh, somewhere around 1979. And uh, uh, I remember the things that I used to do. I remember... Uh, the life that I used to live, and and then to get up behind a pulpit and preach the word of God, and to tell other folks what they need to do when I was an offender, amen, and I had sinned, and I had fallen short of the glory of God, and had not done things the way that I should have done those things. I could use excuses. I remember, uh, will, will remember all of my days. Uh, by the time I was, uh, let's see, the middle of my junior year in high school, I had, I had lost both of my parents, and my parents were my rock, and everything that I had in my life that was stable all of a sudden become unstable, and I moved to Chanute, some of you may know where that's at, it's out east a ways, and uh, moved out there with my brother. Uh, and he was an alcoholic, and his kids were doing drugs, and all of a sudden my life spiraled down, and uh, I won't go into anything that I used to do, uh, but I can just tell you I was far, far away from God. And then to have a call to get behind a pulpit <clears throat> and to preach the word of God. And I thank God for the call of God, upon men that will stand and preach the word of God, men like your pastor, amen, 
Well, praise the Lord that will stand and preach the word of God because we've got to hear what the Lord has to say to us. Praise God. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church. It doesn't matter if you're more educated. It doesn't matter if you have more talent and ability than your man of God. He's still a man of God. Well, praise the Lord. And he deserves respect. Praise God. He deserves the respect that you, that you have for him. Praise God. And I personally have great respect for him. And, uh, I, and yet I remember the huge question mark that was before me. And uh, how could I preach to others when I have done all of these things in my life and I, d I didn't feel worthy? And, uh, you know, it goes back to uh, when I first gave my life to God and maybe when you gave your life to God. I was raised in a Catholic home, and uh, I was an altar boy and uh, went to Catholic grade school, and I know it upside down and backwards and forwards. And uh, uh, I remember uh, giving my life to God I remember there was a family, uh, one of the young men in, in uh, our church, the Catholic church there, David, uh, he, he got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in Jesus' name and fell in love with the truth of the Word of God. And he came to me and began to tell me about the truth and his experience and all that. And so I came to the house of God. It was a Sunday night. And... Uh, uh, it, it was in the middle of the winter, and uh, no, that wasn't that time. That was the first time. The second time was the middle of the winter. Uh, the first time I came, I went with a Mexican friend of mine that I grew up with, and we sat way back there in the very last pew. God bless all the folks on the very, praise the Lord, he's waving at me. Amen. That's where I was. Smelled like cigarettes because that's what I had been smoking. Probably smelled like marijuana because that's what I had been smoking. I'm sure you could see me doing that tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And they started church. And uh, it was a lot like our church service here tonight. And I looked around, and, you know, Catholic Church is very quiet and subdued and all of that. And uh, there was a man, Brother Ball, I found out his name later, Brother Ball, this skinny, short little guy, and right back in the middle aisle, he had a tambourine. My pastor called it a devil chaser. And uh, he was back there with a tambourine, just going in circles and playing that tambourine. And I thought to myself, I've seen a few crazy people in my life, but I've never seen a whole congregation of them. <laughs> they were going to town, and I'm yeah. telling you what. Somebody came up to me and said, you want to go up to the front? And I'm like, no, I don't want to go up to the front. He said, well, you just can't sit still when the spirit's moving. I thought, I don't know what spirit you're talking about, but I don't feel anything. Amen. The only thing I felt like doing was leaving the church and lighting up a cigarette to calm me down a little bit. And then all of a sudden for the Lord to say, I want you to be a preacher. After, of course, I 
received the Holy Ghost, was baptized, and started living for God. Amen. Now, just stay with me. I'm not going to go real fast here tonight, uh, but I want to dissect the Word of God just a little bit. And I remember seeing some of my old friends and trying to talk to them about the Lord. And uh, they just looked at me with a weird look on their face. And some of them, uh, even my own brother said, man, I know what you used to do. And uh, I remember him telling me that in front of my own son. And I had to apologize to my son and say, I'm sorry you had to hear that. Because I didn't go around telling everybody, bragging about the, the life that I used to live. And the reason is simple. I was embarrassed of, of my life. I was embarrassed of the things that I had done in my life. And the Apostle Paul falls into that same very category. And uh, he received a call of God. And uh, he, felt, he felt like he was less than the least of all the saints. You know, in math, they have subtraction and addition, right? Well, if you start at zero and you add, then you're going to have more. But they figured out that you can have zero and you can subtract from zero. And then you have a negative number. And if you go on a scale from one to ten, the Apostle Paul felt like he was a zero minus one. Amen. He didn't have anything that was positive to, to look at. He had killed people in the name of the Lord. There were probably people in the services that he held uh, that had a grandpa that had been killed by the Apostle Paul. Uh, there were probably those that had children that had been carried away captive to who knows what. Uh, those that had been stoned to death. I don't know if Stephen had a wife and children, uh, but there were, there were contacts everywhere that he went. And in fact, Scripture tells us that there was a time that people were a little bit cautious when they put out on the front sign, Revival Services, the Apostle Paul. This is a trap. This is a, this is a uh, you know... This is something that we've got to be very cautious about. And so the apostle said, I am less than the least of all the saints. And he said, this grace is given to me. And this grace, or this call rather, uh, upon his life, he said, I'm called to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Somebody said amen. The unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. Praise the Lord. What a, what a call. What an awesome responsibility. <clears throat> you know, we could talk about wisdom tonight. But we could talk about knowledge, too. Wisdom is one thing and knowledge is another. And I hope you'll stay with me here tonight. The Apostle Paul had wisdom. He knew the center word in the Old Testament. 
He understood the scriptures upside down and backwards. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was schooled by uh, Gamaliel, which was the greatest teacher of his day. He had the wisdom, but there was something that he did not have. And it was very similar to what I had and probably what some of you here tonight had, and that was the wisdom of the street. Amen. And you knew what to say and when to say it and when not to say it. And uh, you had contacts in the drug world and uh, probably had been drinking some and smoking cigarettes and cursing and, and all of the things that go on out in the world. There's a lot going on outside those doors tonight. And they're looking for something. They're, they've got the wisdom. They know what everybody else is doing. Uh, they've got all the statistics of their favorite basketball team or football team. But when it's all said and done, there was an empty spot in your life. And maybe tonight there's an empty spot in somebody's life here tonight. And uh, uh, you've come to the house of God not really expecting, not knowing what to expect. But I'm here to tell you that you've found your answer right here. You've found your answer right here. Praise God. That's right. Because the world will not satisfy. The things of this world will not satisfy. Amen. They just will not satisfy. And here was uh, you out in the world just as lost as lost could be. And there was the Apostle Paul in the synagogue just as lost as lost could be. Both in the exact same place, far, far away from God, but all of a sudden, praise God, there was a call of God. Knocked off of his high, high horse. My old pastor used to say that he believed there had been a rain that morning and there was a mud puddle in the, in the road and... You know Brother Stanford, Sister Elder, amen. And uh, Sister Westberg would say if you put Brother Elder, or excuse me, Brother Westberg and Brother Stanford in a sack to, together and shook them up, you wouldn't be able to tell which was which. And he believes that the Lord knocked him off his high horse and threw him down in a mud puddle and then began to work on his life. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. It's all right to have a good time in the house of God. And uh, all of a sudden, that call of God came upon his life, just, just like it came upon my life and it came upon your life. Amen. To do the will of God, whether you're sitting on a church pew all of your life or whether you have just come into the church or anywhere in between. Amen. And uh, the prick of sin was deep in the heart, covered up by synagogue rituals and ways that dealt with fa facts and figures, uh, but not with the knowledge. He had the wisdom, but did not have the knowledge of spiritual things. Amen. We, ju we just covered that all up with the things of the world or the things of the synagogue. And uh, if we were to look at this call... There's more to it. Paul said, uh, he's called me to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ 
and to make all men to see what is the fellowship of the mystery. And then he goes on down and he says, to the intent, intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so the apostle here and uh, you and I, when we came to God, I didn't feel I didn't I didn't feel like the Lord had caught a big fish when He caught me. I felt like a little minnow in a great big lake. Amen. I didn't feel like anything. I felt like everybody in the church had halos and wings. Praise the Lord. Well, sometimes with you and I, it's like the little ones. Amen, like Joel and uh, Victoria's little Brielle. She is so cute. Give her a year and a half. And when she goes to sleep, a little halo will pop up on her head. And when she wakes up, two little horns will go up there. I don't know why the Lord did it that way, but he did it that way. Oh, Lord, help him, Jesus. And uh, he said, I've been called to preach, and I've got this responsibility to preach the knowledge here that translates into spiritual things. Where principalities and powers hear the message and it casts them out. Amen. It's, it's a whole lot more than just coming to church, folks. We just can't come because it's exciting right now. Amen. We've got to get a hold of God and we've got to get a hold of God's purpose for our lives individually. Amen. There's a call of God for everybody that's here tonight. There's a purpose for every person that's here tonight. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how young you are, there is a call. There is a purpose, amen, for your life. And uh, the Apostle Paul, when he got this call, uh, he felt like being put into a cockpit of a 747, and somebody said, take this, take take this thing off and fly it around and land it. Way, way above his pay scale. Way above his ability. Way above his knowledge and understanding on how do I do this. Amen. So many things, a sense of overwhelming inadequacy. And I don't know, maybe there's someone here tonight, I may be missing this completely, but there, there's somebody here tonight, more than likely, and you feel a sense of overwhelming inadequacy. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be like sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. I don't know if I can do this. This is so much higher than what I'm used to. Amen. It's like putting uh, one of these young boys on a caterpillar D, what do they call it, D, D5, 
huge, huge caterpillar that could tear this church down in two minutes' time. Put them in there and say, here, drive this thing. This is what you're going to do. Overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the responsibility. But then on top of that, for the call of God upon Paul's life was to go to the Gentiles. They didn't know the Bible. They didn't know the word of God. Um, I want a young man, I say a young man, he's in his 60s now. And uh, he hasn't stuck with the Lord, but I taught him a Bible study and brought him to God. He received the Holy Ghost, was baptized, and uh, oh my, he didn't know what anything where, where anything was in the Bible. He said, I got me a Bible, I haven't had a Bible my whole life, and he said, he said I started at page one. Well, praise God. He didn't say, I started at Genesis 1 and verse 1, real dignified like, you know. I'm going to start page 1, see what I can come up with here, see if I can figure this out. And uh, that's the Gentiles. The Gentiles are the, are the, or were the, and still are today, um, they are the rednecks of the Middle East. He didn't understand their ebonics. He didn't understand, you know, uh, what would you call that? Barbecued ribs? Because they didn't eat barbecued ribs. They did things that he didn't approve of. They were considered to be dogs by the Jews. And how much lower did they, did they seem to the Jew when you were a Pharisee. And the Lord said, now I've got a call for your life. And I'm sure he probably thought at first, oh good, I'm going to do a commentary on the entire Old Testament. And I'm going to become famous and I'm going to become rich and all of that. And the Lord said, I want you to go and preach to the Gentiles. I've got to relearn everything. I don't know anything. I don't know I've never been in a Gentile's house. It was against the law to go into a Gentile's house. But you're going to take your little tent, Paul, Apostle Paul Ministries on the side of it, and go to Samaria and uh, go to uh, Rome. Set up your tent and start preaching to these folks. Well, praise God. I'm just talking about how he felt. And he said, I am less than the least of all saints. I'm not qualified to be the church janitor. I'm not qualified to mow the grass at the church. Because I am the least. I am less than the least. He went down to the very bottom. And he called himself the least of the apostles. Amen. And somebody here tonight may feel that way about yourself. That there are some things that are too high for you to, to attain to. But I'm here to tell somebody tonight, you can have confidence and boldness. Even if you feel like you're the least. Amen. Did you know God wants to use you? God wants to use you in a mighty way in your life. Well, praise God. 
<clears throat> Praise God. And then how could he say, <clears throat> excuse me, how could he say, in whom we have boldness and confidence, boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him? Where did he get this confidence? And it's in those four words, is, is this grace given unto me? Six words. Is this grace given unto me? Praise God. It's the grace of God that's going to help you. It's the grace of God that's going to bring the results in your life. It's the empowerment of God. Amen. That's going to help you to do things that you never never be able to do on your own. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we have examples all around us, but Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26, he said, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, we probably probably could quote this all here tonight not many noble are called but God hath chosen everybody said God hath chosen this is God's work this is God's way God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Praise God. Praise God. God does not call the qualified, but God qualifies the called. Praise God. That's how he works. Amen. And I say thank God tonight. Hallelujah. There's a place for me in the church. There's a place for you in the church. You don't have to be wise. You don't have to be talented. You don't have to have anything but a call of God upon your life and for you to develop confidence and boldness in the grace of God. I don't have confidence in myself. You should not have confidence in yourself. But we have confidence in the grace of God that he will help us to do his will. Amen. He will lift us up to a higher place. We will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Praise God. Going to bring forth some fruit. Well, praise the Lord. We just have to believe and have faith and confidence. In God's grace. I could bring one of the young men up here. Maybe I'll do that. One of the young men come up here.
That's the grace of God. He had to take the step. But it was God that gave him the ability to, to do it better. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. That's why God hates pride. Pride in ourselves. I've been here long enough. I've got, I've got seniority. Hey, there's no seniority in the, in the kingdom of God. There's just a, a call of God. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. It's not about my past, my failures, my shortcomings. It's not about that, but it's in my future in God Almighty. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't know if I can make it. You can make it if you make up your mind. You can make it. And if you'll pray, you'll lean on God. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Somebody said, God bless the sound man. He's still trying to fix my microphone. Give it up, brother. Praise the Lord. It's a done deal. Amen. It's my future in God because he knows everything. Do you believe that tonight? He knows everything, and when he called you, he knew what you could do and what you couldn't do. But he knows what we can do with his help. Isn't it in the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me? I looked it up one time in my Bible, and I tried to find the phrase, I can't. But did you know the phrase, I can't, is not in the Bible anywhere? But it does say, I can, through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. He helps me up the ladder. He gives me help and strength when I need it. Amen. And I've, I, I've faced so many things. I, maybe I'm talking too much about myself here tonight. But I've, been, I've faced so many things. I had three heart attacks before we moved to Augusta some 28 years ago now. Three heart attacks. I've had bypass surgery. I've had multiple heart casts. Any cats? Not a heart cast. Sorry, folks. That was a Biden moment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God help us. I'm sorry, Sister Elder. I'm going to ruin this whole thing right here at the last. I've had multiple heart casts, and my wife, uh, Cindy, when we moved to Augusta, we began to work and began to teach Bible studies and pray people through, and it's a long ways from where it needs to be right now. But three years, three years after moving to Augusta, in fact, I think I talked to Brother Elder about this before I did it. I went full-time and have been full-time ever since. And God's been good to us. I, I realized probably towards the end of my pastorate there that we found out that my wife had a brain tumor. <laughs> 
and some of you know that. And as a result, she passed away from that. And the brain surgeon that removed the tumor, he told me, he said, that tumor has been in her brain for decades. Decades. And you know what I've come to the conclusion, Pastor? God wants me to understand what grace is like. Praise God. Lord, heal me. That's one time. Lord, heal me. That's two times. Lord, heal me. That's three times. Lord, why don't you care about me? Why aren't you going to heal me? And God said, because it's not in my, in my plan to do that, but my grace is sufficient for you. Learn how to walk in the grace of God. Learn how to walk in the power of God. That's why I don't have a lot of time for folks that bellyache about their situations. I'm sorry if that's a little bit too crude tonight. Griping and complaining about this, that, and the other. Oh, I can't live for God because. Listen, you just need you need you need to find out what grace is all about. Praise the Lord. First, what you got to do is you've got to look at your calling and how it lifted you up to receive the blessings of God. How many of you came to God from the world? You weren't raised in the church. Amen. Did God fill you with the Holy Ghost? I'm not going to have you raise your hand tonight. But how many of you were smoking cigarettes when God filled you with the Holy Ghost? You don't, you don't have to lift your hand. Praise God for that. Amen. How many of us were depressed when we came and God filled us with the Holy Ghost when we were depressed? I could go down a list here tonight that God lifted you up into the blessings of God, into the power of the Holy Ghost. I remember one, one night, I've never done it since, but it was right in the middle of the aisle, right about there in the church where I got saved. And the Holy Ghost was moving. Here I was, just a brand new convert, probably still had the smell of cigarettes on my breath. The Holy Ghost started moving, Sister Crawford. And I started dancing in the Holy Ghost. Big old six foot, four inch guy, kind of almost like a skinny Ethan. That'd be hard to imagine, but I weighed 155 pounds. How many pounds do you weigh, brother? 310. See, he was he's two of me. Exactly. Praise God. I started dancing in the Holy Ghost. My legs started doing things I'd never done before. And there was no no music to make me do that and all of a sudden I jumped straight up in the air and I went over and down head down towards the ground and as soon as my head touched the floor 
I rolled and I jumped back up again. Wow, that was that was exciting. And my pastor's mother, Sister Morgan, she said, Brother Worse, what did you do? I said, Sister, I don't know what I did. She said, you bounced like a rubber ball. That was, that was a new convert, somebody that didn't know anything. How much could God do in your life and in my life? After we, after we started learning some things, after we establish a prayer life, you know, I'm I'm going to finish here in just a moment. But did you know, I, I I really think after almost 50 years now of serving God, living for God, trying to live for God, trying to lean on the grace of God, I've I've come to understand that there's a lot of folks that thinks God is against them. They'll never tell you that, but they don't believe that God wants to bless them. I don't know why, but if he'll bless a cigarette smoker, if he'll bless somebody that's got drugs in their veins, if he'll move upon somebody that's far, far out in the darkness, how much more does God want to bless the church? How much more does he want to bless your life and to lift you up to a place where you can be used mightily of God? I'm telling you, he wants to do that. But we've got to learn about the grace of God in our lives. Praise the Lord. Next thing, we've got to stop looking at our shortcomings and the things that are against you. And this is an important one. Never look back to where you came from. I'm looking forward. I'm looking upward. I'm on my way to heaven. Anybody else on your way to heaven tonight? Amen. I'm looking forward, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. And then I recommend that you would keep track of your victories and remind yourself, look what God did back then. What does he want to do now? He wants to bless us right now. And you'll begin to experience confidence and boldness not an attitude. I'm not talking about an attitude tonight. We've had some of those that have come through over the years. Very spiritual people. Had one man come to the church and he was, well, he wanted to kiss all the girls. But I'll tell you what, he wasn't spiritual. So that's that's pride. But church, you can do it. In fact, I want to tell you tonight, you are doing it. And from someone that's looking on from a distance, it looks really good. I know your pastor probably knows things that are going on, and I'm not going to focus on that here tonight. But there may be a Gideon here tonight that's scared to death. But God said, a mighty man of valor. Praise the Lord. There may be an apostle Peter here tonight 
that all you know to do is fish. But God said, there, there's an apostle. There may be an apostle Paul here tonight. And God said, I'm going to make you a soul winner in the Gentiles. There could be a Ruth here tonight. And you don't feel like anything. Your mother-in-law is bitter. There's so many things that are against you. But the call of God says, I want you in the bloodline of the Messiah. A poor little widow comes and brings two mites. What was she called to do? She was called to give everything that she had. And God's attention was put upon her. Praise the Lord. There may be an Anna here tonight who was a widow. She had been married seven years and her husband passed away. And for 84 years, she prayed and she fasted in the temple. And she got to see the Messiah that he was born. You see, there's a place for everybody in the church. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Let's stand together right now. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it, musicians come. Doesn't this young man play the organ really good? I leaned over to him before church and I said, when are you going to start playing? He just smiled at me. Praise God. God's good to us. God's been good to you. He wants to be even better as time goes on. Upward and onward, looking unto Jesus. Because, folks, I want to tell you, I, I really feel like the Lord's coming soon. There's so many things that are going on in our world right now. God's looking for a church. They say the Christian, and I understand what they mean, the Christian church that is growing the fastest is in the country of Iran. More people are being converted to a different way than the Muslim way. It's probably not the apostolic way, but it's a start. I want to tell you, adversity can't, can't stop God, and it can't stop somebody that believes God, trusts in God, going to lean on the grace of God. If you're sick tonight, come and let's pray. Find your healing here tonight. In fact, I want your pastor to pray for me before we leave. Praise God. But if it doesn't happen, I'm going to just walk in the grace of God. I'm going to rejoice in my infirmity. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Praise God. You may feel like the least. sir. Tonight's the night to give your life to God. Come on, quit trying to do it on your own. 
to stop the struggling, find the freedom that's in the grace of God.